Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. gospel lesson from the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 21, beginning with verse 33. Let us listen for the word of God. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. He leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom, The one who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and Redeemer. Amen. Last week I quoted Kenda Creasy Dean, a professor at Princeton Theological Seminary, who in the introduction to her book, The God-Bearing Life, says that of significant importance today is the issue not just of proving that God is real, but proving that God matters. This relates to adults as well as youth and very certainly to the wicked tenants in this parable. The tenants of the vineyard must have had it very good because they don't want anything to change. They refuse to acknowledge that something, someone beyond their little vineyard exists that there is a creator, an owner, one to whom they are accountable. They refuse to acknowledge that their world is bigger than they think, 
that there is something important beyond the confines of the vineyard in which they live. And so they smother out every little sign that reveals the truth that they are not the planters of the vineyard, that they might owe something to someone outside the vineyard, and that their entire existence within the vineyard is at the will of the one who planted it, created it, ordered it, and ultimately sustains it. I'm reminded of a Philosophy 101 class and Plato's The Cave. Plato posits that there are men who are in chains living in a cave and they are fascinated by the shadows in front of them. Their eyes have become dulled and they know no other world. But the chains which keep them there are fake and they can break free at any time if only they were willing. Due to their captivity in the cave, they think that the shadows are all that there is to the world, and yet there is a whole world behind them. A whole world of light as well as darkness, of joy as well as hardship. A world that can be experienced in the full color of all that there exists within this earth. But in order to experience this world, this world of light and color, this world of which variety, they need to be moved beyond what they are accustomed to. Charles Taylor, Canadian philosopher, writes about the anthropocentric shift, where humanity becomes the center of their universe. And Taylor describes a shift away from tradition, history, a collective sense of things, and an inward move of the self. As a minister, I see this as a shift from looking up towards God to looking down towards ourselves. And I see this in the parable of the wicked tenants. When the tenants refuse to receive the representatives that the landowner sends, when they refuse to part with the produce that belonged to the landowner, they deny the truth of their situation. They cling to a false illusion that there is no one greater than themselves, no one to which they might owe something. This isn't good, and it might even be called sin. And this sin leads to even greater sin as they stone, kill, and beat all signs that seek to startle them from what they want to claim is their reality. I entitled the sermon, Regaining Perspective. Sermon titles are always tough because sometimes I have to come up with them before the sermon is even written. However, this week I think I did okay because I want to caution against living into the mistaken and false belief of the tenants. This parable is most often known as the parable of the wicked tenants, and that's a good title, but it might just as easily be entitled the mistaken beliefs of the tenants or the misguided tenants or the tenants living under a false illusion. I think Guillermo's glad I didn't choose the last one. It may not have fit on the placard outside on Madison. Even with all the freedom that the tenants enjoy, even given the freedom to rebel against the landowner, the planter of the vineyard refuses, they refuse to acknowledge 
their true and proper place. The tenants don't want to accept the fact that they are leasing the property, that they themselves are not the owners, and they don't want to believe that they are accountable to anyone other than themselves, and any reminder that their false illusions are really signs of their disillusionment, they kill. And so yes, these tenants really are wicked, and it's an apt title for the passage, but they refuse to accept the truth or their place within the created order of things. The Gospel writer tells us, when the harvest time had come, the landowner sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. In allegory, these three slaves, one beaten, the other killed, and the third stone are the prophets, Samuel, Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and all the others that would come after them. Remembering the prophet Jonah and his experience with the Ninevites, the tenants are given the chance to repent. But whereas the Ninevites repented, the tenants of the vineyard do not. They don't want to give the landowner their fair share, and they don't want to acknowledge that the produce they produce isn't theirs in the first place. This parable can stand for so much. It could be a stewardship sermon in the form of giving back to God just some of what has been so graciously given to us. But there's a very hard edge to this message. Not to mention we're a little early for a stewardship sermon. By the way, thank you for filling your pledge of 2023. It's so valued. Thank you. This could be a stewardship sermon about being tasked with caring, stewarding that which we didn't create. Acknowledging that none of us are permanent, that we're all here for a season of life, so let's leave the world a better place than we found it. It's like staying at a friend's house. It isn't ours, and so we exercise great care and caution to leave it just as we found it, or perhaps even just a little bit better. But this morning I read the allegory as a note to say that we are not the creators of our universe and that we shouldn't ignore the signs of that that are in our midst. We may not be kill or stone, but we ignore. We get lost in ourselves and in our worlds, and we accept what is known and routine without wonder and excitement. Unlike the tenants, we mustn't kill our possible inspiration, the one that brings greater order and true freedom to our lives. We need to be careful not to ignore or dismiss the prophets in our midst. Those people who are unafraid to proclaim great truths about the world. Instead of covering our ears to whatever it is that might threaten to awaken us from our illusions, we should at least pause and give a listen. Again, the landowner sent other slaves more than the first, and they treated them the same way. The landowner knew what happened to the first group that he sent, and yet he sends more. Does he not value the lives of the people who were in his command? And yet, as we are about to see, he will send his very own son. And so just maybe... Maybe the way of life, maybe the people who are in the vineyard, even amid their rebellion, are of great significance to the landowner. 
so much so that he's willing to give from his own household, sending two waves of his servants and even his very own son. The people who are in the vineyard are people of great worth and importance. And if we think back, we think to the Garden of Eden, where God planted a garden, and where God created order and put people within it. And we see throughout time the prophets and the people throughout Scripture who came shouting, shouting for people to acknowledge God. Jesus reveals the lesson of this whole story when he says, Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produce the fruits of the kingdom. Jesus, speaking in the, Jesus is speaking in the temple courts of Jerusalem, and his audience are the chief priests and the elders. He's accusing them of failing to see the signs that are there among them. The words and miracles not just of Jesus, and the signs that he has performed among them, but the glimpses of grace and love that God has done even before him. A landowner planted the vineyard. God planted a garden of Eden. The landowner did all the work, created the vineyard out of the wilderness where nothing existed before. The landowner puts a fence around it, and Eden had its boundaries too. The landowner dug a wine press in it and built a watchtower. This is some place to live. Just like Eden, it's a beautiful place, one in which we would want to spend some time. And then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. The tenants are free to enjoy the creation that they did not plant and the order that was put there, but they rebelled. Far away, yet so close, signs of the Creator's presence abound among us, and they abounded among them. And when they were ignored and disregarded, he sent his very own Son. Summing up the parable, Jesus quotes the 118th Psalm, verse 22. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And so we must ask each of ourselves, whatever it is that we're trying to build, a life or a legacy, are we trying to build it in our own image? thereby rejecting the stone that provides the foundation and stability that we so desperately need. If so, ours would be a very small edifice indeed, limited by our insecurities, our finite understanding, and our illusions. Or are we trying to build something, whatever it might be, in God's image? With Christ, the cornerstone, we have the freedom the freedom that the tenants rebelled against. The Ten Commandments were given not to limit, to confine, to restrict like some straitjacket, but they were given so that we could live the lives that we were created and made to live, lives in which we and those around us can flourish. The law of God is not there to stifle but it's there to help us realize the freedom that we have in Christ. And it is a freedom that Paul states so clearly in his epistle to the church in Philippi. 
God's is a love that is meant to be realized. And when we realize that God gives us the law, we see that Christ did not come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. And we are set free. Free because we are no longer dependent upon ourselves, but dependent upon God. Granted a grace and love that we need to accept for ourselves, and which we can then share with others. Let us turn to God, who planted this vineyard. Let us care for it. Let us steward it. Let us be a people who produce good. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.